We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mailbag time, Ryan. We're going to dive yep. into the Irish Breakdown Daily Mailbag. And, of course, I wish Vince was still here because I have this interesting take. Uh, Matthew Dealis, again, when mailbag time comes, y'all can ask us whatever the heck you want. Uh, says, food take, what is your favorite fast food chicken sandwich? It, I mean, the only one I really eat, and I, I guess that's by default, is Chick-fil-A chicken yeah. sandwiches. They're very yeah. good. Wendy's used to have a really good chicken sandwich because I like grilled chicken sandwiches, but mm-hmm. you can't find a good like you, it's like they're the grilled chicken at a lot of these places is like this isn't real chicken. Like Chick Fil Chick Fil A's yeah. got a pretty good grilled Chick Fil A. I don't well. like their grilled chicken. I really? Don't, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. Well, I don't dislike it. I just don't love it. Oh, uh, Wendy's used to have a really good chicken sandwich. I've tried the Popeyes chicken sandwich and I didn't love it. I, just, I never had it. Yeah. I heard. I mean, I I I assume that yeah. that was more hype than yeah. Something yeah, I, I I tried it one time. There's you know there's a couple Popeyes around here, and I was like, eh, it's all right. I mean, it's not bad. It's just it's what it's always been. It just had better marketing. But yeah, I'm, yeah. Chick-fil-A is the the, the go to place. As far again, we're talking fast food, right? So that's the go to place. Yeah, no doubt. Mm-hmm. David Lowe asks, are the Irish still leading for Christian Gray? So obviously Christian Gray is going to make his decision on July fourth. Uh, is it four o'clock, Ryan? Is that did we determine? Yes. Is that when it is? Yes. Yep, four o'clock. And I'm not sure what time Rico Flores is going to be on Sunday because there's a question about him too. But Christian Gray, yeah. look, we feel really good about where Notre Dame stands on this recruitment going into Monday. We'll find out for sure. It's all about closing and all that other kind of stuff. But yeah, David, Notre Dame is uh, feels good about uh, we feel good about where Notre Dame stands in this recruitment going into his decision on on Monday. And look, the decision's been made. It's just time for him to announce it now. Sure. So that's going to be that's going to be the key. Tommy Guns with a super chat. Tommy, thank you very, very much, buddy. Appreciate that very much. After listening to last night's show, Brian, it sounds like you might need a personal protector. Luckily for you, everybody's trying to sack me. I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> Lucky for you, I'm available for only $4.99 a month or $49.99 for a year. I'll even bring my own Mountain Dew. Dr- hashtag DSME for those who don't know. Uh, that's Driscoll Sports Media Empire. That's a name that Tommy has created that he's hoping that uh, – I adopt yeah, and becomes true someday, which I'd be all about that. I'd all be that, all about that. 
That's a that's a pretty good deal though. I mean, that's that's you know four bucks yeah. a month for a personal yeah. protector. That's man. Yeah, good deal yeah I have to have Tommy make a little stop into uh into the Pittsburgh area and, and visit somebody and uh, let them know that uh, the sacking <laughs> is not happening. So uh, let's dive into some more. We have another super chat here from Alan Watson. Thank you, Alan. Uh, dear Coach Marcus Freeman, please can you lend me a commit? Love BK. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> I didn't know where he was going with that. I that, didn't read it through until the end. That reminds oh. me of our conversation we had the other day about LSU um, recruiting the state of Louisiana right now. That reminds right. me a little bit of that. So, yeah, that's yeah. wonderful. I, I love yeah, that, man. Alan. That was very, very well done. Jace Kruer, who do you guys have higher rated, ranked, Monroe Freeling or Charles Jagasaw? It's Monroe for me. Yeah. We both did. Yeah, we had yeah. Monroe. Monroe Freeling was the look. Guys, this is this is not the place. And Jason, I'm not saying this to you. We're just explaining. Uh, I like the question because this is not the place where we're going to change our rankings based on who Notre Dame does or doesn't get. And we didn't all of a sudden like start picking holes in Monroe Freeling's game because we don't think he's going to pick Notre Dame now. He's still our number one offensive tackle on the board. Uh, it just I don't you know things aren't I don't I don't think as of right now things are going to work out. We'll see, but that's kind of where it's trending at this point in time, and and uh, we'll we'll dive into why on the message board at some point in time down the road. But he's still my number one, and I would argue that 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 Charles Jagasaw's ceiling is just as high for the position that he's going to play as yeah. Monroe's is for the position he's going to play. Monroe has a much higher floor, but then it comes down to it's the the positional value, and mm-hmm. I view Monroe as a left tackle. I view yeah. Charles as a right tackle. And the reality is, is just the, the left tackle, even though the, the shotgun is somewhat negated as much of a need for that, it's still a pretty important position, even, even with the shotgun. And, and so that's that, that kind of is what the separator, the floor and the position are the two separators. As far as just can Jagasaw dominate his position, if they, if he reaches his full potential, as much as Monroe can reach his full dominate his potential, I'd actually argue Charles might have a, a little bit higher ceiling of dominance at his position. It's debatable, but when you throw in the the floor and the positional fit, Ryan, that's that makes it a, a no brainer for me. Yeah, I, I just again the left tackle versus right tackle conversation is a great one. It always is. I, I Monroe Freeling is a tremendous athlete for the position. Mm-hmm. Like he really is. I mean, talk about upside. I think the kid's a potential top 30, top 40 player in the class when it's mm-hmm. all said and done. I think he's a fantastic football player. If he ended up as a five-star kid, I'd be like, yep, makes sense, man. Like he's six, you know, six, seven with vines for arms and 30 plus inch vert and really good basketball player with quick feet. And it makes total sense. So Jagasol has a tremendous upside. I just, I do prefer Freeling from a, floor slash upside perspective he's a really special player in my opinion we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Agree. Sean Kane says the 2022 offensive line hall was very impressive, but am I wrong to think that the 23-0 line hall is a step above that? And that's kind of what we dove into. Yep. I think that a case could be made for both units. And ultimately what we didn't dive into as much, Sean, this is what Sean was alluding to in his comments, but the fact that we're having this conversation is what makes you feel very good about it. I will say this, however, I'm still concerned that the two-year run is a little bit too guard-oriented because of how guard-oriented last year's class was. That's fair. And, and that's that's a bit of a concern for me. Now, that needs to get rectified in next year's class. So you need to get pure tackles next year. I mean, I think Notre Dame, barring them losing more than one or two guys over the next couple of years, over the next year from the, the groups, I mean, you could get away with only three offensive linemen next year. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, get to four if you can, but you can get away with three. They need yeah. to be high-level guys, but they need to be – they need either be elite interior players or tackles. That's that's kind of how I, I view it, Ryan. I, I would be okay with them taking all offensive tackles next year mm-hmm. that they project to there. Like, I would be okay with it after the, yeah. the two-year span that they've had here on the recruiting trail. I would be – because it's a small board, and there's only one real true interior player out of the four guys that have offers right now, Kyle Altooner in the 2024 yeah. class. Like yeah. Josiah Thompson, I think, could play, could play offensive tackle, obviously. Gerby Lambert can. Definitely. Peter Jones could play tackle guard. He he's, a Jagasaw, he's a Jagasaw right. Absher kind of guy, Ryan. Sure. I mean, I think he fits into that. Yeah. And, you know, we'll see how his athleticism develops over the next couple of years. But, but again, he's a tackle body is yep. the thing. And I think you said he could play. There's a lot of offenses Peter Jones could play tackle in. Is 100%. he a more of a tackler or guard at Notre Dame? That's a legitimate question, but that's the only one of the three, the last three you mentioned that is that kind of player. The other two, I think are more, more pure tackles, especially Gearby Lambert. I think he, yes. he's a definitely lengthwise, size wise, athleticism wise. He's raw, but mm-hmm. the tools are there. It's a very talented young man. 100%. John Banco. I, I'm curious to see also, how if the when the board when is the board going to start to expand? Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean, like and and is, when does Coach Eastan going to start pushing, or is he going to wait till kids play their junior year? I personally would like to see other than Gearby Lambert. Mm-hmm. If Peter Jones wanted to commit, I'd take it, sure. no question about it. What I'm saying is I'm not pushing him to commit right now. Yeah, the only guy that I would definitely say I'd I'd like to push to get him would be Gearby Lambert because the ceiling is all so high. With the sure. rest of them, I want to see how the 2024 or the 2022 season goes for these for these rising juniors. I want to see those guys. I'm not a huge fan of taking offensive linemen who've only played through their sophomore year. I'm not a big fan of that at all. Yeah. Uh, so I'd want to see that. So there's no rush, but I, I I do think the board needs to expand. It's just when are these kids going to make decisions? Because look, you're here late June, Ryan. The season's right around the corner. You can start making your pushes, get these kids on campus, and then see how it goes. You don't have to push for commitments now. So I would like – I'm curious to see when the board is going to expand for that 2024 class. It's a great question. John Banco with the Super Chat. Thank you, John, very, very much for that. Can Brian D. commit at quarterback in the 2023 class? Here's the problem with that. I can give you about three or four throws before my arm falls off. 
So uh, <laughs> that would be a wasted scholarship. I'd have to go on medical pretty quickly. And I'm pretty sure I'm out of eligibility. So, yeah. So I would love to. Love to. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But thank you for the super chat, John. I very, very much. I mean, hey, I'd be better than what they have in the quarterback right now, which is nobody. But I think that's going to change. Uh, yes. John A1, where does the O-line class rank nationwide? Did Notre Dame bring in the top O-line recruiting hall in consecutive years? I think they're going to be in the conversation. I mean, right now there's nobody's anywhere close, Ryan. I mean, can you sure. think of anybody else that has more than two guys, two or three guys? Ohio State has three. I was about right? to say, nobody, nobody has a five-man class right yeah. now. <laughs> like, like, Ohio State has a, a decent three-man class, right? Luke Montgomery, who I, I think is a tad overrated. Uh, Austin yep. Saraveld, who's a, who's a solid player, not ranked solid. super high. Yep. He's more in the Sam, Pen, Sam Pendleton-ish area from a ranking standpoint, in my opinion. Uh, and, and then you have uh, Josh Padilla, who's a, mm-hmm. a top 200 caliber player as well. So they'd have to land like a Samson Okanlola for me. And I know they're they're in the game for him. They'd have to land a guy like him for me to say that that group can compete with this. Because I, I don't think Padilla and Saraveld have the ceilings that the Notre Dame kids have. I think I think Luke Montgomery is a little overrated, but I like his ceiling. Like he's sure. he's an, a big, long, athletic kid. Uh, I still like him better on defense, but you know he's convinced himself he's an offensive player. But he he's got a very high ceiling. He's just he's more in the Jagasaw, Page, Absher mold for me for me to rank him quite that high. And and the fact that he's also only like 260 is yeah. why I put him below page and, and, and Jagasaw right now. So you'd need someone that's better than Notre Dame's top two guys, which I don't think they have right now. Uh, yeah. Alabama hasn't filled up there yet. I don't think Georgia's filled up there yet. I mean, so there's, there's really nobody else right now. That's anywhere close to that. I would be shocked, shocked Ryan, if mm-hmm. we get into the, to the season and, or we get, you know, we 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 get through to signing day, excuse me, and we're in a situation where um, Notre Dame doesn't have one of the three best offensive line classes in the country. That would surprise me. I'm, I'm looking through the rankings now. Penn State has two top ten linemen in uh, Alex Birchmeyer and, and Javen Williams. Alabama only has like one top fifteen guy. George only has one. Clemson just picked up Harris Sewell. Uh-huh. He's okay. Um, you know, no, Texas only has only has one guy in the top 30 as of right now. I mean, so the, they're just nobody's even more close other than Ohio State. I mean, Clemson's got a couple offensive linemen. They don't compete with. I mean, if you're best guy right now, it's Harris Sewell. You're not in the same league as Notre Dame as an offensive line class at this point in time. So as of right now, there's nobody there. Could there be? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of highly ranked guys still out there, right? I mean. You know, Samson Okalola is still out there. Francis uh, Moigoa, I think, is – I'm not sure. I think that's how you say his name. He's still out there. For my uh, Yeah, Caden, Caden Proctor committed to uh, to Iowa, right? So that hurts Alabama's chance to have that kind of class. Good good for Iowa. That's yeah, nice. Yeah, big nice time. Work. Yeah, Chase Basant is out there. Monroe Freeling is still out there. Uh, Zaylance Hurd is still out there. Caden Green is still out there, you know, from Missouri. Marcus deal from Texas. I mean, but again, these guys, there's a bit of a drop off for me with some of those guys. Um, You know, so there's some players out there. There's a lot of guys out there, but I don't know if there's a a chance for some of those guys, in my opinion, to pass Notre Dame, if Notre Dame's players are ranked appropriately. And I think that's the bigger question mark. I think the the thing for me from a ranking standpoint is when is Elijah page going to get properly ranked? That's a great question. Because he's ranked three three thirty four in the composite ranking right now for two four seven. There are not three hundred thirty three football players, but I mean, based on his last year's film, there's not three hundred thirty three players better than him. 
much less now that he's got 20 extra pounds on his body and dominated and you know he he camp. might be the he might be the weirdest ranked player in Notre Dame's class honestly because it's like he's a kid that plays at a a, a good school obviously yeah. in Pinnacle in Arizona I mean like it's a very well known school he's six seven with vines for arms he's got athleticism and he already has a really nice baseline from a technical perspective right. he's just a really because it's not like he's a pure upside player like i do think he has some foundation of a floor because right. he does have pretty good technique it's it's bizarre that he's so yeah. lowly ranked i just don't get it yeah no no quite it's it's strange he is definitely one i think charles jagasaws is kind of weird too how yeah. does one service him as the number seven player in the country and the other doesn't even have him in the top 100 it's crazy it's very similar to blake fisher remember blake fisher was like that where rivals actually the, the funny is rivals is the one that's off on jagasaw in my opinion but they were the one that was all over Blake Fisher. They had him as a top 20 player. They had him as a five-star. But then you had guys like ESPN and and I and I think I think on 247. Let me pull this up here real quick because I want to be accurate on this. So looking at Blake Fisher's composite ranking, rivals had him ranked 25th. So they dropped him, but still had him as a five-star. That's still pretty good. I'd have had him higher. 247 had him 86, and then ESPN did him in the top hundred. So it's like, I mean, it's like on three and two, four, seven, both had him ranked as the number 86 player in the country. And I'm like, I'm sorry. There's it's like, uh, it's like Bra- Braylon James is ranked as like the 70 right. something on one and like the two something on yeah. another. Like, this yeah. Sense. And one that had him in the top hundred dropped him into the two hundreds based on what I don't Nothing. know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is just a petty comment that I absolutely love. Uh, Marcus Freeman is feeding Jim Harbaugh uppercuts left and right. There's no question about it. Archer, our Ohio State fan, said, I know these rankings will change, but L- seeing LSU at 47, AM at 54th, and Michigan at 55 is so much fun. Amen. Agree. Amen. <laughs> There's no question. DC Irish, 1213. If we land Jason Moore, I think Notre Dame will have the best lines in this recruiting class. I would argue that right now they already have that. Mm-hmm. And, and I would argue that it's going to be tough for anyone to be that good on both sides of the ball at all. But if they land Jason Moore, it's a done deal. I mean, Agreed. it is as far as looking at both lines, it is a done deal. And I think that is such a statement that Marcus Freeman and staff has made. Cause that's one thing he has been adamant about. We've got to be able to dominate in the trenches mm-hmm. and you get those two guys together, man, boy, that would be a, that would be an impressive thing. Right. You know, what would be, also be fun is uh, I would love to see just the five on five of that defensive line going against the offensive line. <laughs> that would be a whole lot of fun, man. But I, those yeah. one-on-ones would be a blast. It sure would. But, but to DC Irish's point, like if you, and that's actually kind of cool. I might, I might do that in an article. Thanks DC for the idea. But if we combine the line class, the defensive line Me and too, offensive yeah. line together and compare it, because I mean, I know that we're both purists and traditionalists in the sense that we still believe you build from the inside out. Right. So mm-hmm. like be, be dominating, at the defensive line and the offensive line are paramounts. And I think that that is a fascinating conversation to have. Well, because like what was the group that everybody talked about last year, right? It was like Texas A&M had this generational mm-hmm. D-line class, and they did. It's a heck of a defensive line class. I look at their offensive line class, and it was good, but it wasn't great. It, it wasn't anything like this. I mean, you know, to me it was – and it was a group that, that I look at and I say, you know – the line class that they had last year, let's just put it this way. If we look at Texas A&M and the four guys they had last year, they signed Patrick Williams, Hunter Herb, Mark Naboo, and Cam Dewberry. I've seen Cam Dewberry. He's a good player. 
you know, I, I've seen Patrick Williams. He's a good player. They're not big time players. If if you look at the gap between their D line class and Notre Dame's D line class now, much less with Jason Moore, but even if you, especially if you had Jason Moore, the gap there is much much closer than the gap between this offensive line class and their offensive line class last year. That to me is like that would be fascinating, Ryan. And I'd be willing to bet you if you put the two together that AM won't even be in the top two or three because their offensive line class was just kind of okay. Now, part of that is they went through a coaching change, right? Their offensive sure. line coach left for USC, whatever, but them's the breaks, man. You know, like that's part of that's part of the deal. The reality is is you did not sign an offensive line class that comes really anywhere close to where you are um when it comes to your your defensive line class. And so to me, you know, that's where I that's why I view it as I would give Notre Dame the advantage in that regard. And, you know, so we'll see how, we'll see how it plays out, but that's how I see it. All right. I got some more questions here. The JMRI, anyone see the article on Baylor's 23 quarterback commit interest in Notre Dame valid? Do we care? Yeah, we care. Um, he's a good sure. football player. We'll, we'll dive. I said this yesterday. We'll dive into that here next week. I'll have a, I'll have a story this weekend or I have a, probably won't be a, it may be a story. It'll definitely be a message board update, but I'll probably turn it into a story. Uh, for Saturday, probably about who I would look at, and then any rumblings I'm hearing about who they are going to look at. I do believe that soon Notre Dame is going to move on to other 2023 quarterbacks. So, uh, read into that what you will. Ian Johnson says landing Jason Moore would make this the best combo. This is related to the other one, makes best combo of O line and D line in the country. And I don't think anyone else could match it, in my opinion. And, and, I, and I would have to agree with you. Sure. Here's a here's a super chat from Brandon Plesner. And he wanted to get all of us in there, but Sean and, and Vince got out, and I'm sorry I did not see that sooner. Uh, but we'll do our best. Now that we have all four of you on, who do you all think is, as a group, you most resemble? The Ghostbusters, the Beatles, the Fantastic Four, the Four Horsemen, or Boys to Men? Well, I don't think any of us can sing well enough to be in Boys to Men. Um, and I And I think there's some other reasons we don't necessarily fit into that group. Uh, they were kind of skinny. Uh, most of us are not, other than Ryan. Um, I'm not skinny. I'm on yeah. a diet right now. <laughs> um, you know, I, I would, I would, boy, that's. I'm, a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw out the Beatles too because they actually, they also did not really like each other, which is yeah, why they broke up. That's so. also true. They also yeah. true. Um, I like that's a good answer, Ryan. Very good answer. Mm-hmm. The, the Bu- Ghostbusters apparently broke up. I, I haven't seen the new movie yet, but apparently there's something happened that they broke up. But uh, Fantastic Four, I mean, it to me, it's the Ghostbusters, the Four Horsemen, right? And, you know, of, of course, we're talking to the wrestling group, but then it's like, well, which Four Horsemen? Like, sure. they always had so many different iterations of it, but it was always like Ric Flair and Arn Anderson were normally in it. And then it was like, it became like, eventually gets into like, you've got like Dean, Mer- who is it? Uh, Oh, was his name? It's Dean something. And then, yeah, like Chris Benoit was in there for a little bit. It just, it got a little bit absurd, but I'd say four horsemen of the Ghostbusters would be, would be my, yeah. be one of I, my I, was at, I was actually in the four horsemen or fantastic four. Mm-hmm. I guess, I guess you're not a big fantastic yeah. four guy. But well, no, I mean, I mean, we're not, we're not superhumans that can light ourselves on fire and fly and have the long arms and can disappear. Yeah, but we can, we can just all be Mr. Fantastic because we're okay. really nice and we're flexible. Okay. I just pulled three. Not not physically flexible. Okay, it's a a metaphor. It's a metaphor. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) just pulled three muscles thinking about bending over and touching my toes. Uh, So, (laughs) yeah. 
Oh my goodness. Uh, Matt Lass says, oh, with a super chat, thank you, Matt, for that. Whoa, UCLA and USC may leave for the Big Ten. If the USC and Michigan play, who would you guys want to win that game? USC. Yeah, it's an easy one for me. Yeah. I don't... And, and, and I mean, forget the fact that I despise Michigan. Practically speaking, you always want the team you play to win that game because it benefits your strength of schedule. So, I yeah. mean, even practically speaking. Uh, that there. would be why I would go with that one. But good question. Steve H says, IB is taking 15 offensive linemen in three years too much. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. And here's why no? I say that. No, here's why I say that. Because you want minimum 15 offensive linemen on your roster. I mean, you, sure. you'd like to have more. You, you'd like to have like 17 to 18. And, and so to me, when you look at like 21, 20, or 22, 23, remember the 20. So if we're looking at the four that they have now, so 23, 22, 21, and 20, the -hmm. 2020 class only had two guys in it. So to me, it's context. So if you're going to ask that broadly, Ryan, I understand your hesitation of saying, yeah, because you know, in perfect world, it's like four, 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 five, four, 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 five, you know, then you're getting to like the 17 that way. I get that completely. But when you consider they only had two in 2020, Mm-hmm. And the 2019 class is down to two guys. It's like, okay, you needed to restock the depth chart. Plus, I do think that there's going to be a departure from one of those two classes. And as you sign guys in the 22 and 23 classes, we talked about when the 23 class shows up as true freshmen, the the Caleb Johnson and Pat Coogan class are going to be juniors, which means they're already getting on the verge of being able to graduate that year if they're beat out and then go somewhere else. Right. So we're working, I think, in in order for it to be too much, we'd have to work with the philosophy or the assumption that that everyone's going to stay, no one's going to get hurt, no one's going to transfer, and that just rarely happens. Where I would say it's too much is if you do that for four years in a row. So you can't take five again next year barring mass departures. But if you're looking at it in context of what's already there, you had a two-man class in 2020. And that factors into it. So that's why I would say it in context of Notre Dame. No, it's not a problem in broad context without any other, like more specific to your current roster. I would have a similar first reaction to what Ryan had, which is maybe, (laughs) I mean, that's kind of, I was reading your, your response where I was like a maybe, you know, I was, I was in between because I guess my mind stuck initially to, that you already have kind of a, you know, what we consider to be a, a good room, like a good depth amount of room. Right. And then you're projecting 15 in three years. That just sounded like a lot in my mind, I guess. So just mm-hmm. kind of working through it though. Like you said, there is context to smaller classes already being included in that room. Yeah. Paul a with a super chat. Thank you very, very much for that, Paul. Good to see all four of you on together. Appreciate the great, great work you all do. It's so rare that we can actually get all four of us to be free to do a long show together. And that's honestly one of the biggest reasons why we don't do those kind of things. Uh, you know, cause obviously Sean has his own show and then Vince works and teaches and all, all kinds of stuff. So it was, it was not, it was fun when everybody said they could be on the show. I was like, well then let's do it. You know what I mean? Like uh, let's get on and, and do it. And of course, talk, we all love talking about offensive line play. Mm-hmm. We, we all we all enjoy that and and i know vince was hoping that he could get some shot he, he decided you know to be the better man but i know vince wanted to get some shots in about the the people that question harry he stands recruiting ability uh at some of the other sites but i i went ahead and got it in for him <laughs> but paul thank you again man Re- really really appreciate that super chat paul very much irish shy town says ryan 
where are we at with Rico Flores and Jaden Greathouse? Yeah. Um, so, of course, Rico Flores is announcing his decision on Sunday, um, which is January of uh, January, <laughs> July 3rd. I'm losing my mind. Sorry, I wrote in the in the Charles Jagasaw commitment preview that he was going to decide on August 30th. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Like in my head, I knew it was June, but like, yeah. So yeah, I, thanks I to JB Bulesfeld for emailing me and pointing that out, by the way, JP. I really appreciate that. But I was like, August 30th? What? Where does that even come from? Oh, that's right. I wrote it at 2 a.m. Okay, got it. That's where it comes from. But they are in a good position heading into that decision down between Ohio State, sort of, if you want to include them, Georgia, and Notre Dame. Notre Dame feels good about where they are with Rico. And I also think that they feel really good about where they are with Jaden Greathouse. The The biggest question has been, he has told us he wants to push it back to the fall. Will he end up making a summer decision? Will it go into the fall? But I think Notre Dame is in very good position with both football players. Yeah, I, I will still contend, Ryan, that I I believe when it's all said and done that that I just I believe that Jaden Greenhouse is going to end up jumping in. I just I've had that feeling for a while. We'll see if they can convince him. Like, because the 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 tough part for Notre Dame is you got to be careful because you don't want to push too hard. Sure. To turn the kid off, it's got to be his decision. But I just feel like mm-hmm. as momentum goes over the next couple days. You know, I, I just feel like you're going to see that impact other people, and so 100%. Uh, I still, I still feel like that's going to, and I've stuck with that. Uh, but Ryan is correct; that's not what Jaden's saying. What Jaden is saying is, you know, I'm just kind of going off of my read and kind of how these things have gone in the past, and then just because, like, what Ryan says, there's no question. Like Ryan said the other day, who's the number two? That there really isn't one. This is just about him being a thoughtful, smart kid that wants to just see how things kind of go. But I think in the end, he's going to realize, like. What I said the other day, I hold true today, Ryan. When you wake up day after day after day after day, and it's the same thing, Notre Dame's the, the place, Notre Dame's the place, Notre Dame's the place, eventually you're going to wake up like, you know what, what am I What am I doing here, right? Like, why am I doing this? I think that's kind of where I'm coming from on this one. And, and, and it's also, I guess most people would contend that maybe Texas is the number two if you, if you want to make that. Right. Like, if you want to make that argument, that's fine. Right. Texas has been there forever, right? Because he literally right. lives in the state of Texas, and Notre Dame is still – the number one school for Dane Great House. So I right. think that, that kind of has a large impact to your to your point. Yep. I just love the pettiness of some of our subscribers of our listeners. This is beautiful. A one hundred says Lincoln Riley quoted as saying he's being sarcastic. Oh goody. Now I can get my teeth kicked in by Notre Dame and Ohio State. So love if you're it. Lincoln Riley, you gotta be kind of pissed, right? Like and we'll dive into this another show, but like I left, I ran away from the Big Twelve because I won't play in the SEC. Now I gotta be in LA and I'm playing in the Big Ten. It's like I really right. despise Kevin Warren so so much uh despise kevin warren i didn't think i could like it dislike anyone worse than i dislike jim delaney kevin mm-hmm. warren's like hold my beer and hold uh, my beer. yeah <laughs> so he is he has got me to dislike him even more uh here, here's an he, you know what i gotta ask y'all y'all gotta stop speaking evil into our chat and this oh, right no. here from the world famous scotty nitro Earlier, I mean, I'm asking you how the family's doing. You know, Scotty just had a new baby. I don't know if he's, like, angry at me about something. He said, but Brian, have you heard there may soon be a Mountain Dew shortage? Why would you even speak that into existence, Scotty? Like, why would you want to do that? And Ryan's over there getting mad at you, too, because he's like, I don't want to have to deal with Driscoll when he hasn't had a Mountain Dew for five days. 
or, or you know or Mount, mountain brian as we dubbed him yesterday uh ryan be careful <laughs> be careful be careful yeah, it's so it's so cool um, man there's a mountain no, maybe not even a little bit so cool not, you just gave away somebody's password right here on the internet that's so messed up <laughs> so messed funny. up ryan that's it's so funny. wrong really so wrong uh, ICURN with Irish Luck with a super chat. Thank you for that. Not just big in this class because Harry is back, but also Watt is here. I think that is huge too, especially for the high ceiling guys. I think it also it, it is when you can have two guys that can develop, it mm-hmm. just allows you to make sure that everyone's getting coached. Why can Harry Heestand go spend time with the twos? Because he knows he has Chris Watt to go make, you know, work over with the ones. Sure. You can't do that if you don't have faith in the guy working with you. And I think that is a big, that is a big, big thing for Notre Dame. Is having think, him back. I think it's also big for the acclimatization period of going from high school to college because Chris mm-hmm. Watts been there, done that with Harry Heastan. You know, he can give the recruits coming in perspective that mm-hmm. a lot of people can't, which I think is pretty pretty huge too, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I want to respond to something that Archer said. Uh, OSU's top two guys are ranked higher in two four seven composite in their names, but in their name having uh, five gives them. Sh- I I I don't care. Honestly, Archer, I don't care about that. You know, I care more about who's the actual best class. And that's what we kind of said is when is Elijah Page going to be properly ranked? I don't really care where guys are ranked in the composite. I mean, you're, you're going to you're going to learn that here because, I mean, honestly, they just most of these guys are and it's gotten worse. It's gotten worse over the years. I mean, how can you have some of the variations like Micah Bell, for example, you know, is ranked as a top the number 55 player in the country by rivals. But on three, doesn't he think he's a top 60 player in the state of Texas? He's a three-star. I mean, I mean these ranking, things are yeah. so absurd. Yeah. So I don't really care. I look at it like practically speaking, who's the better class? How does it fit together? My issue with Ohio State, for example, is right now you're looking at it. Luke Montgomery wants to play guard. Austin Saraveld is a guard. J- is uh, The Padilla kid, Josh Padilla, is an interior player. So it's also kind of goes into that was the knock that we had on last year's O-line. It was so interior oriented. And and so, you know, that's kind of where we're coming from. I don't really care about the composite rankings. I really don't. It just it's not something that's important to me. It's not something I mean, we'll throw it out there, but I I just I really don't care. So, I mean, I, I get that the composites, whatever. We'll see. Let's see how it is when it's all played out. But even if that remains true, like I'm sorry, I've watched Luke Montgomery's film and when Notre Dame is recruiting, there's a reason Notre Dame stopped pushing for him. Cause it's like, is this kid really going to, is he really that kind of guy? I watched this film, Ryan. I, I think you've watched this film too. Mm-hmm. 43rd best part in the country by nah. two different outlets. Nah. Like, no, I just don't see it. I, I, I liked him it. better. On, I liked him better on defense. I did, well. yeah, I did too. I did too. Yeah. Once he decided he wanted to be an offensive player, I was like, fine, don't recruit him anymore. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Cause I just don't, I don't think he's that kind of guy, but now nah, we'll see. We'll see. I could be wrong on that. I mean, could be wrong on that, but, um, that's just how I feel about the situation right now. Rob Compton, this is an interesting one, says, I know Micah Bell projects as a cornerback, but after watching his film, I don't know how he doesn't play offense-based explosiveness, just feel like we would waste his talent. Can I just speak to this real quick, Ryan? Yeah. This happens every single time Notre Dame recruits a defensive player with speed. It's automatically Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, people say, well, why not move Kyle Hamilton to receiver? You can't, you have to have speed everywhere, right? Like you just can't always move your fast guys to offense. And honestly, for me, give me the speed guy on defense because I've always believed this. I can manufacture offense if I have good players. 
with scheme and putting them together. And if I have a quarterback and a line, all this, I don't need a, a 10, 300 guy at running back or receiver. I need one right. a corner. If I'm going to go cover Alabama's receivers, I got to get me a 10, three guy. If I'm going to go cover Ohio state's receivers, I need me a 10, three guy. Right. Cause then what happens is you move an offense and everybody's like, man, no, 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 speed at corner. What's well, cause they moved all their freaking fast guys to offense. <laughs> right. Um, so I understand where Rob's coming from completely. I mean, you see that sure. kind of speed and then the film, right. And you've said, Ryan, his film is even better on offense. It's just right now. Yeah. I just don't need that. I don't need, I mean, look what Micah, look what Ky, Kyle Hamilton or not Kyle Hamilton. Look what Kyler Williams did the last two years. Kyron Williams did the last two years. Mm-hmm. Thousand yard running back. He ran a four, seven, basically. You yeah. know what I mean? Like after training for months to run as fast as he possibly could, he was a four, six, like something guy, which means four, that six, Notre Dame. Five. He was a yeah. four seven, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so and look what he did. Give yeah. me that on offense and my 10-3 guy at corner. That's just it's, how that's how I view it. It's it's also like what you're projecting offensively, too, because I I mean I I haven't really seen Michael Bell catch the football on offense, right? Like he's a running back on his level. So he's 160, 165 pounds right now. So what are you projecting him to be? 180-pound running back who's gonna run the who's gonna have about eight, nine touches a game, or do you want him to be a starting cornerback where he can have a significant impact? So I think also the impact for what he is as a football player, I think is better on the defensive side of the ball, because I think at most, if he's an offensive player, I don't think he's going to get enough touches where you're going to say like, that was worth moving him from corner to wide receiver, slot receiver, or running back. I just don't think he's going to have a big enough volume for the body type and the player that he is personally. Agree. So I, so it was Dean Malenko. Thank mm-hmm. you, Antoine Johnson. Our Michigan fan reminded me of that. There's all, but then Antoine had to follow up with some discrimination, and he gave me four eyes discrimination. He said I'd be Arn Anderson, right? And I, and, and I got to think it's because of the glasses. All right, so I'm feeling the the four eyes discrimination here, Antoine. But I could I could dig with that, right? I could dig with Arn Anderson. I, I could live with that because you know I think he's a guy. Uh, that I look at as sort of like a, he was sort of the intellectual of the group, right? And and I'm not Rick, I'm not a Ric Flair type, so that's a that is definitely true, no question about that. But yes, I could live with being Arn Anderson. I could live with that Antoine. Obviously, I'm just joking about the discrimination, but I do think it's the glasses. That's why he thinks I'd be Arn Anderson. I think. All right, let's get to some more questions here. We got more Irish Shy Town. Brian, do you expect Tyler to be a three year starter, barring injury? Yes, I do. I would I would project him as a three year starter. I, you know, could he end up being a guy that that ends up going out and, and is a is a you know two year player? That's possible. That's possible. I could you know I could I could see that. Do I project that? No, because I think as dynamic as he is, I do think he's going to need all three years to continue to reach his full potential as a passer. That's fair. That's that's what I think. That's mm-hmm. what I think. So uh, and and uh, let's get down to hear some more questions. So. Um, the Ohio, our resident Ohio State fan also said we despise Kevin Warren too. Uh, Good. I like it when we have things in common, Arch. I really, <laughs> Archer. I really do. I really do. I very, 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 very much like that we have that in common. John Rich says, "Why did I think the four horsemen were from Notre Dame?" <laughs> I love, I love that response. Well, John, technically the original four horsemen were in the Bible, right? The four horsemen of the apocalypse, and then more recently, it was. I mean, more in time was the four horsemen from Notre Dame. Um, I just took the comment and maybe that's what he meant. Maybe he meant uh, Brandon meant that, but knowing Brandon, I think he meant the four horsemen wrestling. 
uh, in context. But you know, maybe he maybe he did mean the other guys. But that'd be pretty cool. But no, I think that's an understandable understandable one. There's no question about it. Got another one here, a super chat from John Long. Thank you for the super chat, John. I'm a little behind live, but Ryan's idea of watching O line versus D line five on five deserves some dough. Yeah, I would. I, I hope that we can get to that point, Ryan, where that Notre Dame is able to get Jason Moore and kind of have Keon Keeley, Jason Moore, Bubakar Traore, Brennan Vernon, and Devin Houston going up one on one against Charles Jagasaw, Elijah Page, um, Solomon Absher, Sam Pendleton, and Joe Otting. That'd be a lot of fun. To that watch. would that would be a lot of fun. And with all due respect, as good as this offensive line class is, it's not even close to how good the defensive line class would be <laughs> if they get Jason Moore. I mean, that is an I mean, insane group. If if they have J- Jason Moore, what do you have? You have three consensus top hundred kids and five all five are top two hundred players on at least one platform, right? I mean, I, I think so. I mean, yeah. you'd ha- you'd have you'd have four guys that are ranked in the top hundred by at least two outlets. Yes. Uh, I haven't looked at, at Jason Moore's consensus in a while, to be honest with you. I think he's still, yes, he's still I think top he's 100. Not, yeah, it's top yeah, because 247 yeah. and on three have dropped him, but he's still in the 40s for ESPN and Rivals, which is where he should be. I mean, he's a top 50 player, in my opinion. 100%. But he's a top 100 by at least two guys. I'm yep. pretty sure Brennan Vernon is still a top three or top 100 by at least two outlets. And I believe Bubakar is also a top. 100 player by at least two outlets i believe let me just look that up real quick yeah brennan vernon is a is uh ranked in the top one oh, he's only top 100 still by rivals he dropped just outside an espn 247 has him now to 211 which is again boy. crazy crazy but he is ranked 80th on the 247 uh, or the on three composite or consensus and he's ranked 99th on the 247 sports composite so he is a top 100 consensus player Bubakar is ranked 80th on the, or Brennan Vernon is ranked 80th. Bubakar is ranked uh, 122nd on the consensus because ESPN, and this is an example we're talking about. ESPN and rivals don't even think Bubakar is a top 200 player, but on three has a 82nd and 247 as a 90th. Like how can, how can these outlets be so different when we're talking about kids? But you know, it just, the, the thing is, it's just weird. So that's another guy that ranks as a top 100 player by at least two services. And then Devin Houston, I believe, is a consensus four-star recruit yep. who is ranked as the number two, two uh, 186 player by 247, number 182 by ESPN. Think about that. Your lowest ranked player is ranked in the top 200 by two different people. So uh, Notre Dame has announced that they will wear the green jerseys, by the way, for the Cal game. So that's going to be pretty cool. Okay. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that. So makes sense because, you know, Cal's got the navy blue and the yellow and all that kind of stuff. So get something to stand out. I kind of like Cal's uniforms. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's a hot take, but I kind of like their uniforms yeah, a little I bit. I get it. I get it. We had a super chat here from Antoine Johnson, our resident Michigan fan. We welcome you, Antoine. He says, uh, and thank you for the super chat too, by the way, my man. Would you agree that having multiple schools recruiting in the area could change the balance of power? Notre Dame wants to celebrate beating Michigan, but I would argue it helps us uh, too. Good show. Look, I mean, if we're going to take away the Notre Dame versus Michigan animosity, right? So let's just pretend for a second I don't hate Michigan. I, I am personally a believer that I want Northern schools to be successful. Because I think when Northern schools can recruit and win games, it show it like for example, if kids go to Ohio State and Penn State and become high picks, 
yes, Notre Dame has to prove that they can do that. But what they've done is they've established to Southern kids, hey, you can come up here and be a high pick. You can come up here and be successful. You can come up here and win championships. Part A big part of the reason that kids still stay down south, it used to be primarily geographic. Kids aren't as locked into staying close to home like they used to, Antoine. It's now more about, but this is where all the NFL players are coming from. This is where the national champions are coming from, right? If the North can start winning those battles on the recruiting trail, winning those battles on the field and start, you know, like for right now, there's a big gap between Ohio State and every other Northern school when it comes to producing NFL players in the last 10 years, right? I mean, Ryan, you, you follow it. It's not close. It's not close. And Notre Dame's done a pretty good job compared to other Northern schools, Michigan, Penn State. They've all done a solid job. But they're barely top 10 when you talk about comparing them to, to the SEC, Clemson, Florida State for a time. Uh, you know, it just they're not in the same ballpark. And so until Michigan and Penn State and Notre Dame start winning more of these battles on and off the field, yeah, it hurts the North in general because it just means the Southern dominance still lives. Until the Southern dominance is defeated, not just on a recruiting standpoint, but on the field, yes, it's going to be a problem. So I would argue, Ryan, that take away the anti-Michigan sentiment. Yes, it is good if more Northern schools are successful on and off the field. And it can't just be Ohio State. It can't just be Ohio State and, and, and Notre Dame. I used this analogy before, right? It's like that scene from Avengers Endgame, mm-hmm. you know, where like Ohio State's kind of was like Captain America. It's just like against the SEC. It's just like it's just them all by themselves. And then you know, Notre Dame comes in and then you need Michigan to come in and you need Penn State to come in and, you know. I mean, that's important. You know, yeah. I, I think it's good for the North. It's good for college football, but it's good for Notre Dame and good for the individual schools if more of them start beating Southern schools because that's going to open up the pipeline for everybody. Agree. I, I truly believe that. I truly yeah. believe that. Next question from Nellie Jackson. When we when are we landing Jaden Osbury? I don't know. That's a good if, question. If we do, Brian will let us know about it. Trust that's us. right. That's right. You, you will know. <laughs> Matt Lass with a super chat. Thank you, Matt, very, very much for that. Uh, Apologize if you've answered before, but who do you rank higher, Jason Moore or Anthony Lucas? Okay, so Jason Moore ranks higher from when they were juniors. Anthony Lucas ranks higher where he finished because of a senior year. So, yes, that's kind of – they're very similar, though, very similar players. I think the reason Anthony ranks a little bit higher is Anthony was a little bit more polished than Jason – Jason's just super talented. It, mm-hmm. So I would rank Anthony higher, but I think Jason has a higher ceiling, in my opinion, Ryan. I don't know what your what your thoughts are on those two guys. I, I haven't I didn't watch Anthony Lucas enough coming out, to be honest with you. So I, I only ha, I only know from the context of the question perspective what Jason Moore brings to the table. And but I would I, I want to ask you, Brian, because I would assume that I'm correct in in this like this parallel that Jason and Anthony are kind of similar football players, right? Like they're kind of strong ends that can also could, play yeah. inside. And yeah, yeah. like that's from a positional they're... fit. Is that what you're asking, yeah. Ryan? From yes. yes, from a positional fit. I think Jason is more outside in. Anthony was more inside out. Gotcha. A&M recruited him as an end. I think Notre Dame liked them more inside. But to get to get him, they had to you know tell him they could play outside. Well, well, I I saw on the uh, Texas A&M roster that he's listed at six five, three hundred pounds. Yeah. So he's not going to last he's outside too long. <laughs> yeah. right. But they told him whatever they needed to tell him and paid him whatever they needed to pay him to get him there. 
you know, there, there's there's no doubt about it. But yeah, I, I think Anthony was a really polished player and would have ranked higher than Jason at this time. But Jason's got the higher ceiling. But that's a good question, though. But I mean, Fair. I think what that does, though, is that speaks volumes about the kind of player that we believe Jason Moore is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I even think he's underrated with two outlets not having him in the 50s. I mean, to me, he's a top 50 player. The only reason I don't have him as a five-star right now, Ryan, is because he's kind of raw technically. Like, he just kind of gets by on just being really big and athletic. I, I think he's show. a bit raw technically. But the upside is, I mean, to me, he's one of the five or six best linemen in the country if we're just talking about tools. Mm-hmm. I mean, and one of those guys is Keon Keeley. He's in that group. And this year's D-line class isn't as deep as last year's, but it's still pretty good. But yep. he's one of the five or six best defensive linemen in the country if we're just talking about you know, if everybody kind of pans out and reaches their full potential, where could these guys be? I think those guys are, to me, are, are I mean, he's as, he's about as good as just about anybody in the country outside of maybe Keon Keeley, who I still believe is the best defensive lineman in the country now and upside-wise, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, J- Jason Moore can be – his ceiling is is literally the roof. Like, he can be as good as he wants to be, and he presents matchup challenges, right? It's like, you know, he could play end – he could play inside in sub packages. Maybe he's a full-time interior player down the line, but the quickness, explosiveness, and length that he has playing on the defensive line, what in a defense where we're expecting more four-man, obviously under Coach Golden, but in a defense that does want to run four and three-man, I mean, he is a fantastic player, mm-hmm. to say the least. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, let's get to some more questions. Uh, let's see here. Irish Shytown says, Brian, does IB have any new shows in the works? So if you're asking kind of big picture right now, no. I mean, we're just going to work on, I'm a believer in kind of building up one thing at a time. Uh, right now we're working on building up the IB Nation Sports Talk and and getting that there. You know, so like I think the content's good, but like, you know, I'm getting Jesse a new mic to make sure we can improve the sound quality. You know, Bobby's gone out and he's got – he's making some changes to his equipment so he can have a better sound. So right now we're working on getting that up and and running down the road. We do have some other plans that we would like to implement certain types of shows probably won't be daily shows, maybe like weekly shows and things like that. But a lot of things planned in that regard. So if you're talking big picture, yes, but they're down the road. Uh, Mm -hmm. We've already announced the pregame show. Uh, Vince just texted me. We have announced the pregame show that will happen during the fall. Uh, and that's going to be kind of an extension of, of that. So that'll be Saturday mornings from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we'll have our pregame show. That'll be Vince and Sean with occasional 
drop-ins from me and Ryan and, and, and Sean Davis. So we'll, we'll pop in there, try to have some hosts, preview Notre Dame and all that. So we have that. But a lot of the other stuff is kind of down the road. We're trying to build up what we what we got going on right now. If you're talking about any new shows in the works in regards to more short-term with double shows because of maybe some news breaking, yes, we have plenty of that. We have mm-hmm. two shows tomorrow. We'll have uh, we'll have two shows. We'll have one show on Sunday, which will be new. And then I still haven't decided what we're going to do on on July fourth. Probably just going to do one show on July fourth, and it'll be around Christian Gray's decision. Um, but we're still we're still working on that. So we'll we'll have we'll figure something out like that here. We may do like a mailbag on July fourth, where it's just me kind of answering questions. Uh, but then we'll have a show later that afternoon. Probably be me and Sean later that afternoon uh, because. Um, Somebody is going on vacation, but he doesn't want to. He still wants to be on the show, but I told him he's not allowed because he needs to rest because he's working his butt off. Well, so I would, you know, I need to get my work done, man. I yes. need to get my work done. I know, I know, I know. I've had to threaten Ryan to fire him for a day just so he wouldn't work because he's working really hard. But and, uh, and, and I don't believe burn out. And believe it or not, I, I do appreciate that that sentiment, Brian. But believe it or not, my wife doesn't like hearing that I got fired through a text message. Yes. So. <laughs> I'm sure. Don't worry, honey. It's only for a day. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's only for a day. It's all good. I'll be back tomorrow. Am I? Are you still getting paid? Yeah, I'm still getting paid. Uh, it's the only way he can get me not to work. Uh, we have a question here from um, we're from uh, Cal uh, from Ian Johnson. He says, is Calvin Simpson hunt that much better than Josiah Wagner that we would take uh Calvin Simpson hunt or over Josiah Wagner, even if both, if it means potentially means three cornerbacks, Notre Dame stopped recruiting him a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he, yeah. he wanted to, he wanted to come while he was still committed, obviously. Right. So they made a decision to move on. And we talked about this the other day too. The thought process for Notre Dame is that they're okay at two corners right now. They're okay. They would rather use that additional number at a different position. Right. So I, I wouldn't expect three corners in this class for Notre Dame. I think two is going to, we're going to end yeah. H- Having said that, if Notre Dame loved Calvin Simpson hunt, I think they would have figured something out with that, you know, but sure. uh, they liked him, but he's, he's fast. He's got good size. He's quite raw. They liked Micah Bell and Christian Ray better. Yep. And so I don't think it was, they would take him over Josiah Wagner. I, I don't think that's it. I mean, they brought Josiah Wagner on for an official visit. They like Josiah Wagner. It's just more about looking at the numbers of the class Yep. And deciding, you know, do we want to use a, do we want to get a third corner here? And then we will have signed eight in three years, or do we want to maybe use that for next year and kind of, or, or, you know, or another position where we maybe have a greater need, I right. think is kind of where that conversation is. And, and, and besides, as, as Archer said, uh, Calvin Simpson hunt has been projected Ohio state for a, for a bit. And I think that's based on all the Intel that we've heard. I think that's where he's going to end up playing in my opinion. All right. Irish fan 15. How would you rank the D linemen in the 23 class if they land more? Same for the O-line. Percy, I'd say Keeley, Moore, Traore, Vernon, Houston. And then Jagasaw, Ab- Absher, Page, Odding, and Pendleton. We've already done the offensive line. One, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, how would you rank the five offensive linemen, defensive linemen, if they were to get Jason Moore? Which, again, right as of right now, is a is an if, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, they still got to close on him. Absolutely. I mean, Keon Keeley is a no-brainer for me at the top. I would also go Jason Moore second. I still love Brendan Vernon, so I would go Brendan Vernon three there. I would go Bubakar Triori four, just slightly over Devin Houston. I think Devin Houston is super underrated. I honestly think the question of the four or the five can flip there, and I would be completely okay yeah. with it. But I think that we're really starting to under, underrate how good Brendan Vernon is, honestly. Yes, because so. he's been committed so long. 
Yeah. And the whole, you know, he's just dropping in the rankings. He hasn't been to camps and all that kind of stuff. I agree with you. And and I've been told that they're going to be doing some uh, some schematic changes this year at Mentor Good. that are going to allow him to flash his town a little bit more. Hopefully that continues to be true. We'll find out if that actually happens or not. Mm. So uh, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to see how that one goes. All right, we get down to a couple more here before we get out of here. Uh, I, this is just – I love this. Uh, I, am I the only one who feels like we're shopping down a different aisle in the sense that we went from buying Spam at the dollar store to filet mignon at the butchers? It's just getting started. See, this I get what you're saying, and, and I know you're not saying this at all. I get You're taking a shot at Brian Kelly. I get it. But I, this is why I hated when he would say that because that was such a slap in the face to the guys they were getting. And they were getting talented players. It was never about that they weren't getting talented players. It was always about that was his excuse to not have to work hard in recruiting. And guess what's happening right now at LSU? They're getting outworked. Shocker. Yep. Absolute shocker. I'm floored that, that LSU is getting outworked because of their head coach and because of the lack of accountability he has. And Notre Dame's filled with grinders, and look what they're doing. You know, they're, they're in a battle with Ohio State and Texas – and eventually it'll be Georgia and Bama eventually when they start filling up later, because they usually tend to fill up later. You know, they're going to be in a battle for a top one to two to three class. There's no question about it. And it's because of the work. And But it just the way he would say that, it was just such it was such a slap in the face to the kids they had that it's like, you know, oh, we're losing because we don't have good enough players. No, you're losing because you don't have good enough coaching. And it starts at the top. And I get that Irishman seven one four is not saying that. That is not the the comment behind his. He's just taking a shot at Kelly and applaud you for that. Love it. But that was why that comment always made. It just was a slap in the face. So well, we got to shop down a different aisle because uh, we can't get kids that you know bull crap. I just love how these top hundred four you know three point plus GPA kids are just coming out of the woodwork all of a sudden. You know it's what just, I mean? Like it's just twenty twenty three, right? Of course, and, it's an anomaly. I'm sure. It just so happened that it was the year that Brian Kelly left. It was pure coincidence, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. I love this. You guys come up with some real good pettiness today, and I'm digging it. Ed says, I wonder if Notre Dame will join the Big 30 Conference. Laughing my off. Yeah, it's just getting absurd, and we'll talk about that. Jason Benanti just signed up for the Irish Breakdown message board. Love the content and love this channel. Thank you, Coach D and the, all the IB staff. Go Irish all the way down to all, all the way down in GA. We appreciate you, Jason, very, 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 very much, man. And it's it's the expanded staff and the work that they do that allows us to put out more shows and different and, – and, you know, Ryan's grinding out stories, and so I can take the time to invest in research and hires and bring – you know, figuring out a way to get Sean Styers here to grow that channel and doing all these different things. So uh, it is definitely a team effort, and I appreciate that. Uh, appreciate them very, very much, and I appreciate the fact that you – uh that you are enjoying the product we're, we're putting out. Uh, Berkey 03 is not even still going after Josh Manning. No, they liked him. They just mm-hmm. couldn't convince him to come visit. Yep. Uh, the way that receiver is shaping out, I don't think he would have been a take anyway, just the way things have shook out, but they liked him a lot. Uh, it just, he, he didn't have this. They got in too late basically is really where yeah. it was. It, it's the same thing with the Aiden Mizell kid out of Florida. Right. It was just, you know, just a they little got too, in too late, late. that one. Yep. Yep. They got in too late. No doubt. And here we go. Uh, from Irish shy town, who is your favorite professional wrestler? Let's go all time. Cause I don't watch wrestling anymore. So I don't really right. know who the wrestlers are. I don't, I don't know if I have a one. 
I used to love um, when I was a kid. I I don't know why I had a soft spot for Triple H, and okay. I used to love watching Ray um, Ray Mysterio just because he was cool to watch fly through the air. To be honest, <laughs> I'm just laughing because I'm the fact you said when you were a kid and you started talking about Triple H and, yeah. and, and hey, man, have, you seen, have you seen when Wild I, have you when seen I was a kid, I was watching Andre the Giant get body slammed by Hulk Hogan at hey. WrestleMania two. So yeah. I mean, I don't I don't really have one. I mean, it's different eras. You know, and it's like it's different being like WWF was what it was when I was growing up and then WCW. And, you know, like I always liked Sting and WCW. He was always my guy, even early on when it was it was, it was I forget what it was called even before WCW. But I love Sting uh, mm-hmm. when I was young. WWF, I, I loved Hulk Hogan. I loved Macho Man, especially when he became a good guy. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, he was such a flamboyant character. But there were so many great like I love the Road Wars, my favorite tag team you know group and all that and you know i, I enjoyed that i i still remember i mean I, I loved watching wrestling as a kid i still remember uh SummerSlam 88 you know where honky tonk man who was like one of the dumbest characters ever but whatever it, it is what it is <laughs> but he was like i'll fight anybody he didn't know his opponent's gonna be and all of a sudden you hear the ultimate warriors music playing and he comes running out and he just beats up honky tonk and like pins him in like 30 seconds and you know and it's just I, that's the stuff i li- watched when i was a kid and then as i got older is when the attitude era came about and I loved the attitude era, you know, and uh, you know, rock and stone cold, but I always felt like I never had a wrestler. I feel like stone cold without the rock is not the same. And the rock without stone cold is not the same. Like, and I always, I've always felt that like you need that, that counter. And I loved how they went from heel to face, heel to face all the time, you know, with those two, like uh, I thought that was part of, that was just great. But uh yeah, I just, I mean, I, I think I thought the Attitude Era was was the better, the better action. I, I don't think the WWF when I was a kid was great wrestling. If you go back and watch the old matches, they're, they're pretty crappy matches. Like, sure, but they were great storylines and great actors and these bigger than life characters. You know, Hulk Hogan was six nine and three. You know, Andre the Giant was like seven five, and they were the eighth <laughs> wonder of the world and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, you had these outlandish characters like brutus the barber beefcake and coco beware and demolition and road wars these outlandish characters when i was a kid i loved the Mm -hmm. action of the attitude era was phenomenal i mean because you had like ski had like sean michaels who i always hated but man he could wrestle you know what i mean like i just thought the action of that era was better even though maybe the characters aren't always as good because that's a pretty lame character outside of like stone cold the rock and undertaker and then like which version of the undertaker are we talking about you know what i mean like um but the attitude era went away from some of the 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 silly characters you know the iron sheik and you know they they were more of the people like undertaker was just a dude you know it was just a guy he was you know just he was a he was a you know bad and he was i mean i was gonna say he was he was a bad dude. Like, I mean, he meaning like he could, he could whoop some butt, but he was a dude. He wasn't like this fictitious supernatural guy that, you know, would rise from the dead kind of thing. Like they went away <laughs> from that and just made him about the people and the characters and the storylines. But then like, like the, the, the stone cold against DX when mm-hmm. they thought Mike Tyson was with DX and then he, he turns and you know, like that was one of the most hyped I've been watching a wrestling match. Um, but I was more of a WCW guy around that time until the NWO came on. Like it got so lame when NWO came on. Like at first it was cool, but then it's like everybody's in the NWO and no matches ever finish. They'd always have some interference from the NWO and it's just lame. 
Um, and, and then, and that's kind of when the attitude era really took off in WWF. And I mean, I'll still go back and watch some of the rock and stone colds. I mean, not even their matches, just the running in and just beating up eight people in the commentary and the, the insults and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, I, I still, still love the, one of my favorite memes is the rock, you know, you know, doing this kind of stuff. So I I love (laughs) that stuff is, is, is a great time. So um like hacksaw jim duggan <laughs> like some of the guys george animal steel people are dating themselves you know uh you know yeah like, no more doink the clown and irs exactly exactly like they went away from that lame stuff and it was just more about like the people like trying to pretend i mean it was it's still it was still an act but it was like it was more action of like actual people as opposed to these like weird fictitious characters junkyard dog i remember him growing up jake the snake roberts you know, oh, yeah. ravishing rick rude remember when it was razor ramon before he became scott hall you know so like yeah man i, I, love, I love it i love it anyway i don't watch it anymore though i feel like i've finally officially either. outgrown i've outgrown wrestling and and uh, I, I i really stopped watching when it went from wwf to wwe honestly really? that was kind of when i when i stopped yeah i yeah. don't remember when that was i'm trying to remember it was a long was. time ago because yeah. I, I remember I, I used to watch it with my dad all the time i used to love wrestling when i was a kid but then yeah it just yeah wasn't great anymore my kind of feel like you you grew up a little bit <laughs> <laughs> I, at least i got out of that yeah. little uh little stage of my life yeah yeah yeah, I, folks, I don't know when it's going to be, but we will have a, sh- a, sh- a show very soon on the USC, UCLA, Big Ten, all that stuff. I mean, it happened while we we're doing the show. We've got to research it. We've got to look. We've got to, you know, learn what's going on. And, and we'll have some we'll have a show here soon where we'll talk about that. So I, I promise you we'll have that conversation. But that's going to do it for today's show, everybody. Tons of fun. I enjoyed this. We got all four of the guys on there. Some great questions. We talked about Chick-fil-A and Wendy's and Popeye's and favorite wrestling. And we talked a ton of football, too. So uh, a a lot of fun. Appreciate you all very, very, very much. Have a great rest of your day. We're going to let you all have the rest of the day off, but we're going to keep you real busy starting tomorrow. So uh, make sure you stay locked into IrishBreakdown.com. Appreciate everybody being a part of today's show. Sign up for the message boards. We've had a lot of signups the last – about the last week. We kind of go through, you know, a lot and then a little, a lot – Definitely had a big sign up here this last week. So we appreciate that from everybody. And uh, obviously check out all the merch store, all the different things that going on. Uh, the Built Bar. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, you check out that trade coffee. When I talk about the, the trade coffee thing, there's an advertisement. So if you're a coffee drinker, uh, we have an advertisement on the podcast. It's with trade coffee. And so I'm a believer that if I'm going to do an ad where I'm doing an ad read, I need to know that like, I need to test the product before, right? And so what they did is we had to take a quiz. Well, I don't drink coffee. My wife does. You have to take a quiz about different things that you like, and then they will choose what they send you. And my wife's like, there's no way they're going to be able to get it right. They sent her three different bags. She loved all three of them. Like, I am genuinely loved all three of them. So I was like, yep, okay, I'll do I'll do the ad read. You can guys go with us, and we'll do it. But uh, you can do that, and there's 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 in, you can hear the info on the, the breakdown. Basically, go to trade coffee, and if you use uh, Irish uh, as your promo code, uh, they hook you up with all types of cool stuff. So actually, matter of fact, since we're talking about it, I'll just quickly kind of pull up what it is, but, uh, because it is a, a pretty cool deal and we don't actually benefit from this. So it's not like something where if you sign up, uh, we are going to get money. This is just a cool deal where we're able to help you off. So if you go to uh, drinktrade.com forward slash Irish, 
you'll get $30 off your first purchase plus free shipping. So go to drinktrade.com forward slash Irish and you'll get the 40 cups of coffee for free. And I promise you, my wife loved it. She really did. She's drinking it now. She has, she used to drink Starbucks all the time. And uh, now she hasn't been to Starbucks in a while because she's been drinking the stuff that they send her. So uh, really, and it's, 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 it's really cool. And most of the, I believe most of the companies they use are like North America and American stuff like that. So they try to do it that way. So anyway, just wanted to let y'all know that and, and everything we got going on. That's going to do it. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Share this podcast. Sign up for the message boards. Buy some merch. Get some built bars. All that good stuff. And of course, come back tomorrow because tomorrow is the mailbag. And you know Vince is like doing a dance right now thinking about the mailbag uh, for tomorrow. So uh, we'll, we'll be ready to rock and roll with that as well. So everybody have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for joining us and for your support of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.